0: Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. This is the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur. And I'm so glad that you're with me. I have a friend, a colleague, um, somebody who knows my pain with me today. So, uh, we, we kid a lot about some of the same experiences that we had. And I think that you'll really enjoy hearing maybe some of the, um, echo of some of the things that I talk about, um, today. And so, um, on the podcast today, we're going to talk about inbound Marketing about content marketing and really settle some questions that I get um, from our audience all the time. So I've kind of pulled some of these questions together and pushed them into an interview with Gray McKenzie. Gray McKenzie from Do Inbound and uh, and Guava Box. Thanks for coming on the show, Gray.
1: Yeah, Priscilla. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to chat with you here today.
0: Yeah, cool. We have so much in common. <laughs> yep. I mean, I, you know, I, we were talking, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago about just some um, feelings that we have about sales and marketing, and um, you know, some of the frustration um, as an agency owner when people are coming to us and they want help with their marketing, and the reality is that there's sales kinds of things behind it. So I kind of thought maybe we'd start at the beginning of that um, before we go. Into really content marketing. Everybody's talking about content, everybody's talking about inbound, but not a lot of people are really understanding the difference between marketing and sales. So when we are talking about, you know, marketing leading sales, that's a more strategic way to go. Whereas sometimes people, the sales department is like, I need this, I need this, and pull marketing along and the strategy goes away. Are, can you shed some light, some of your thoughts? I think you have really interesting thoughts on this, uh, you know, this conundrum that is sales and marketing.
1: Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's it's been a huge pain point because it's been done really wrong for a really long time. And we're still kind of, I don't know, everything evolves, but we're still figuring out how to transition from an era that was really sales dominant to an era where I think there was an emphasis on kind of being marketing dominant or like some companies started moving that way. And now people are starting to realize it doesn't really matter which one you call them, they're all accomplishing or all hopefully aligned and trying to accomplish the same thing, which is leading people from the very first phase of looking for a solution for whatever that that pain point is to the point where they've implemented that solution and they're happy and can move on with their lives or, or come back to you for more services and more help, whatever that is. So I don't even, sometimes this is like a, a huge question, huge topic to answer. <laughs> it is, uh, it is, like, but,
0: you know, look, I, I hear a lot from you, this idea that, um, You know, like marketing being, you know, this long-term effort. I really agree with you, especially inbound. So let's talk a little bit about inbound and content because salespeople come to you and they want short-term answers. They want tactics, right? And marketing people come to us as agencies and want long-term and strategy. So let's talk about why you as an agency owner turned really tried to move people toward that marketing, toward that strategy. So what was your feeling, you and your partner, Andrew, when you started Guava Box, you know, what was that impetus in in really pushing the marketing strategy piece?
1: Yeah, I think the realization of how people buy today is the the big thing. For me, myself as a 20-something, when we started the business and still today, like I don't, I really don't want to for very few purchases, is the first thing I want to do, go talk to somebody um, who's trying to sell me something. I'm, I love talking to people who've solved the problem before, hearing about their experiences or what the different solutions that they'd suggest are, or just how to identify the problems they're having. But I think just realizing this isn't the way that I want to buy. I don't want to instantly talk to someone who's trying to push stuff on me and not the way that anybody else really wants to buy. Um, so really through some organic experiences early on, realizing the impact that marketing and content could have, um, going all the way back to our college days and, um, our experience on the, on, on our college lacrosse team, where we did a lot of, uh, like off field marketing <clears throat> for the lacrosse team that wound up leading to, uh, to some impacts in terms of the program and our trajectory as a, as a program in terms of recruiting and, um, receiving, like heading, going to certain tournaments and um, some of the success that we had there, that kind of was the first thing that really opened my eyes to like this online, like creating content that people are actually interested in, answering the questions that people have, that actually is the key and can drive a lot of sales. So that was, uh, that was really kind of the, the first step into the marketing space and then realizing this is all part of the sales process, but what we've traditionally viewed as marketing has now taken over the majority of the sales process.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I think we agree that, you know, th- everybody has to acknowledge that the sales cycle has changed. The consumer is driving right now. And if they're not paying attention to that, they 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 fall out of rapport very quickly with today's consumer. So y- you guys came to that intuitively. And I know I'm kind of skipping right into the heart of, uh, you know, Inbound. And I want to get back to just your story, who you are and into the agency. But before we go right there, let's just take kind of close there about HubSpot because is the other thing that you and I have in common is that we are both uh, certified HubSpot agencies. And so that intuitive, I wanted to just kind of start with that intuitive experience that you had and how you, you know, you're like, this is you just in a personal level, like I don't want to buy like that. So I don't want to help other people create systems where people have to buy like that. I joke around a lot of times about how people don't like to go to, you know, the used car lot. (laughs) Nobody wants to be sold anymore, but yet we kind of keep pretending they do. So you found HubSpot. Um, HubSpot, you you know, started in 2005 and you guys started GuavaBox in 2011. So, you know, that's, to me, it's so funny that, you know, we are both in pretty significant agencies, and we've hashed out an awful lot, but it's been a relatively short time. Yeah. So, you know, tell me about your experience, how you found HubSpot, and why you guys decided to go that direction with GuavaBox. Tell me a little bit about that GuavaBox story. Yeah.
1: Let me tell you the story of how we eventually came to HubSpot. For the first year, so we started, GuavaBox started out of our, our college dorm room, Andrew and I, 2011, both graduating. We'd started the business just our senior year, um, and we didn't really know what we were going to become. We knew we, we'd been best friends for four years. We knew we wanted to start a business together. Um, we both had shared interests in marketing and business and in the digital space. But what exactly Box was going to become, we intentionally, I mean, part of picking the name Box was, here's a name that nobody really knows what it means. <laughs> and that's perfect because we don't know exactly what this is going to become. There's um, some so we strategy. Picked the, <laughs> we picked a nebulous name because we didn't know what the business was going to become. So for the first year, I, I'd been prior to Globobox, I'd been running a little web hosting business and done some freelance web design. That was part of me working my way through college. Um, Andrew had been doing some. He'd been really heavy in the social media space and and done some video work. Um. So we brought these kind of diverse skills together that were all kind of around the same digital marketing thing. And that was the first year of business was basically, we, we call it like the digital yes-men year, where it was like whatever you say you need that involves technology and you think uh, that young people would know how to do who are good with computers, <laughs> like we'll say yes to it and pretty much do it. So it's SEO projects, social media stuff, all this individual... Um, kind of unrelated you know there's web design pieces but but not bringing together the whole package for any one client and we realized pretty quickly this is super scattered we're not producing um, we're not producing the best results versus if we brought these all together into a more unified strategy for fewer clients and and then also the results that we are producing for people which in a lot of cases aren't terrible they're not as good as we'd like them to be but that we are producing results especially with seo and web design our, our customers don't know that. They, they aren't realizing what that means for them. And so really being able to tie together all these diverse pieces that we were delivering into here's what that means for you as a business in terms of here's the contacts we generated and the, the leads that came out of that, the opportunities, the conversations that happened and the sales that closed and the ultimate ROI and the investment that you made. And all of those pain points finally led us to HubSpot in 2012 um so middle of 2012 we we jumped on board with HubSpot and that was really that was kind of the first big turning point in the agency was we're going to stop saying yes to every single request that comes in we're going to qualify our clients (laughs) a little bit we're going to I know we're laughing we're snickering
0: but inside we're both crying right
1: (laughs) oh yeah oh it's a very painful like you look back at You know, every once in a while you go through your email inbox or you'll flip through an old journal and see your notes of like, what, what did I need to get done on this day in 2011? It's just like, oh my goodness, I was doing a $500 social media like... Facebook oh page goodness. set up for somebody. I know, I know, but just, listen, just six great. years ago, it's not that long ago.
0: You have to embrace it though, because this is how <laughs> we learned it. We learned it. You know, it's oh, so yeah. funny. You know, we came to um, to HubSpot about the same time, but we had been doing inbound services. I just didn't know it was called inbound. I was doing yep. that, like you know, and I and that's kind of what I hear from you is that we we, we were trying to. I'm like, surely there's a way to put this together, you know, right. <laughs> and and to get one dashboard. I talk about it like the the Fellowship of the Rings mentality. It's like right. one dashboard, Forward, to unite them all, cool them, you know? Yep. and to be able to show that social proof, so we were feeling the same pain at the same time. We were good at what we were doing, but not being able to really communicate that clearly with people who are not in marketing and really could not appreciate probably the work that we were doing. Right. You know, just recently I learned that um, it was Brian Halligan, the the uh, founder of C, uh, CEO of HubSpot, who coined the frame in phrase inbound marketing.
1: Inbound marketing. Yeah, I
0: didn't know that, so it's so funny. You know, because <laughs> I came into it from such a different, you know, from such a different way from a doing it way. And I right, think that's what right. you and I have in common. We were doing it, we intuited it. Yeah, the and bits then and we pieces. Like, yeah. Yep. This this brought it all together. So tell me about the guava box experience then. You and Andy then got guava box going and how did you start incorporating HubSpot? And specifically I want to get to what were some of the what what were some of the hurdles you you ran into?
1: Yeah. So started with HubSpot in 2012. We were absolutely horrible at, at selling. Um that was a big really good at doing the work. And, I mean, this is incredibly common in the agency space. Mm-hmm. Really good at doing the work, really bad at communicating the value of the work that we were doing and, and selling any any prospects on it. So it probably took us I don't know, three months or so to really sign up our first client who was on a HubSpot, basically like retainer, um, where you know they buy the HubSpot software we service uh, that that customer with inbound marketing tactics. So a lot of content production and a lot of content promotion um, focused around, you know, SEO is, I mean, the big things that I feel like we did well were the SEO piece and the web design piece um, and content production early on. And what we didn't do very well, you know, we didn't do the social piece very well. There's a lot of pieces that we didn't do very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that was kind of, we signed up a couple uh, businesses, especially in the industrial manufacturing space. That was like a sweet spot for us early on, which I think is uh, partially just tied into the geographic. Like we're outside Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at that mm-hmm. point in time. Um, there's a lot of manufacturing. So a lot of those relationships were were local and had come through referrals and just relationships early on. And it really took us a couple years, years, um, which we can talk about kind of an inflection point for our business and how we... Kind of expanded beyond a geographic area, but really a lot of the content production and promotion pieces early on. And I can tell you, Priscilla, we messed up some relationships <laughs> big time early on. It was like you go through this long sales process, get everybody all excited about what we're going to do. Hey, we're going to write eight blog posts a month for you. We're going to optimize them. We're going to drive this traffic. We've got these forms on the site. We're going to get leads, and then your sales team's going to do something with those leads, and hopefully that turns into business for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the biggest mistakes we made early on, we didn't tie, we're talking about marketing and sales, we tied zero of that back to the sales team. We never got the sales team in the room and said, hey, here's how you're going to handle these leads that are coming through the internet. And these aren't the leads that call you on your house phone <laughs> and uh, and talk to you because that's the way they've done it for for 50 years or whatever. Um, so we left the sales team completely out of it. We have had a couple of success stories where we generated all kinds of leads and those leads never got followed up with in any way. And basically, by luck, one of those turned into a huge sale for for one customer who stayed with us. But we <laughs> lost a couple couple early customers because there wasn't actual ROI because we left the sales team out of the equation. Just kind of, we we're like, well, we're delivering marketing, so that's right, good enough, right?
0: I'll give you a little bit of a little bit of slack here, though, because the reality is that starting with the marketing, it does take time to build up that platform to the point where there is. There is, there are leads coming through and there are stats. And sure. There is data because you can talk all you want about how you'd love to incorporate sales and in, into the data and in the process and the free CRM that's in HubSpot. But honestly, you have like at least six months worth of work before any of that stuff starts showing. That yeah, takes time. It does take time. And I think as an agency, I, I can see how that's easy to go. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. We forgot to put in the mix. Now we need to get sales in here because. I hear what you 're saying, you know castigating yourself a little bit about not doing it, but the reality <laughs> is you it's very hard to do, very tricky to do it oh, it beginning. is you can lead into it and set that expectation, but really they you know unless you 're spending a lot of money on Google ads in order to you know you know do some outbound in order to enhance the inbound right at the beginning you 're not going to get those. Right out of the gate, big leads <laughs> and setting that expectation. Right. So I'll cut you a little slack there, but I, yeah. I, I feel a lot of that pain. I had to learn and, and make a lot of mistakes in that, in that arena as well. And that's why I think your experience is really valuable. How you can go help agencies understand, Hey, that's normal. That's natural. For sure. It's going to be a part of the process. That's, well, really, and most really
1: people. Similar to us, most people who get into starting a marketing agency, and I use that term very intentionally, do so because they enjoy the marketing piece. It's not because they love to sell. And so then it's like, oh, yeah, I also need to, like, these people won't keep paying me if this doesn't turn into sales. So somehow I need to, (laughs) you know, you just assume you put a lead in front of someone who's been in sales for 30 years and they know what to do with it. Right. But in a lot of cases, especially in that industry, they had no idea what to do with a lead who'd filled out a form on a website because that never happened before.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So that was one, one mistake I made like close to this. Maybe this will make you feel a little better. (laughs) I'm broaching, I'm broaching this with a client right now that we've done really good job with them on the content and that. But um, they didn't have a culture in, internally where their salespeople actually had to do actionable items. They're kind of sitting in order taker, and I didn't really deal with the culture of that, you know, okay. at the beginning. And now they have brought someone in to be a liaison between the two um, and to handle the, the sales and, and, you know, yeah. all the leads and really, you know, help all the guys that are at the high level to be able to really deal with some of the tricky questions. Kind of like you, we do specialize in ones that have very high average tickets. So industrial stuff, B2B, you know, so we're not talking about, you know, oh, I'm buying a necklace, you know, kind of experience. Right. So, you know, so I hear you with that. And I think that that's some, I'd love for my audience to hear that, you know, you're always learning and you're always, you know, having to, you know, ask that question. But it comes back to what I started with at the beginning of making sure that marketing and sales have a cooperative you right. know feel and a cooperative experience so well For sure I really love talking with you because there is a real trend and it is, uh, it is, it is so overdue of, um, marketers documenting what they do. You and I do have in common and Andy, none of us ever had a cushy marketing job. Okay. We just started and we worked and we, we know what it is to work and put that elbow grease in. But now there's this, um, this demand from larger companies for in the rise of documenting what you're doing in the marketing process. And that's why I feel what you what you're doing with your software and helping other agencies is so relevant. so tell me about how that trend of 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 uh, the need or the request for documentation in the process really informed you know what you guys did to transport to move over from guava box and really start your do inbound company. Tell me right. about that.
1: Yeah the biggest pain point. One of the biggest pain points in the delivery for our clients at Guava Box is we finally started to figure out the sales side. And, you know, as you add clients, you realize, oh, now I need more people to do this work. And the biggest pain point we had was just inconsistency. Anytime you have inconsistency in the inputs, obviously that leads to inconsistency in the output. So if you want to make sure that you're delivering consistent results, obviously you need to have a system that works, but you also need to work the system um, with consistency. So we, you know, if I wrote a blog post for a client, which I did in the early days, and Andrew or someone else on the team wrote a blog post for the client. We 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 do those two different ways, and then we'd have team members who were doing that different ways. So there's a lot of inconsistency in the inputs early on, and that led to some pain points around the delivery. So we realized like this is the problem. It's not a people problem. This is a process problem, um, and really started to emphasize the the process side of things. We're going to document out. Here's exactly if we're going to write a blog post for a client, here's roughly how many words, here's the tone of voice it's going to be written in. Here's the way that it's going to be broken down. Here's the, the step-by-step process for how that happens. And even in terms of what that means for a client, there's a process where somebody needs to write that post. Somebody needs to proof that post. Somebody needs to send that to the client for review. Somebody needs to optimize that. Somebody needs to post it. Someone needs to promote it. There's a there's a very uh, standardized process that all, all posts or whatever content, whatever it is, All things need to go through for how they get done to get consistent results as well. Um, So that was kind of – that was uh, not really a light bulb moment. Everybody knows that. But once we started practicing that, that turned into a light bulb moment. And then saying, okay, for us internally, we're going to do the same thing at Guava Box." And so that led to like very systematized um, marketing approach for our own business as well as our clients. And that took us from the course of 2012 through uh, probably – uh, late, late 2013, we went from like 600, 700 visitors a month on the site to hitting 15,000 visitors and generating, going from like five or or 10 leads a month, which were all various, like varying qualities to generating 400, 500 contacts, um, uh, wow. to the site. And that was, that was kind of like, that's the big inflection point in the guava box story where we went from struggling to come up with new business and mm-hmm. and sales to, Okay, now we've expanded beyond our geographic area because we have leads coming in from all over the place. We kind of pick and choose. The agency just becomes much stronger at that point in time. And at the same time, we were struggling. We, we really struggled to find any system that would kind of. One of the things we realized is most businesses we were talking to, everybody has processes. And most of the time in these businesses we were going to, they're sitting in these three ring binders on a shelf. And never get never get touched. And, right. and you just see like nobody's following, following these processes. <laughs> so we realized, like, if we're going to do this well, we need a system where the process lives where the work is being done. So the projects and process are all tied together. Um, and that became a big part of, as we looked around and tried all these different project management platforms for ourselves, uh, the realization that, hey, we need to, we talked to a bunch of other agency owners who were struggling with the same thing and said, why don't okay. we just try building this? Um, To solve that pinpoint that we have. So that led to us building out an initial version of Do Inbound in, in 2013 that was kind of built around that concept of processes and projects living together in the same place and being built off of repeatable templates and frameworks for how you do everything.
0: Cool. So you so then you guys switched uh, switched gears a little bit. So have Guava Box, but Guava Box. Then you started the software, which really serves the agencies. It's in. It serves the people who are actually doing the work, and created Do Inbound. So you know now you have a podcast, uh, which I I love and I I listen because I I, I'm like you. I like to hear from people who solve the problems. I like to hear their struggles. I like to hear the authenticity, and I like to hear the process of Hey, we identified this is how we identified what really what what was really hurting us, because a lot of us are in pain as business owners, but we can't always identify for ourselves. You know, we can't self-diagnose what the heck is going on. So um, I love listening to your podcast and hearing other agency owners, you know, talk about how they figured out, okay, this is really what is what is painful for us and how they approach solving it. So I really appreciate that. But you're you're running an agency and then you're talking with a lot of agents see so you know tell me how that morphed because um you know I imagine that you started do inbound and launch the software and then talking with so many agencies then you started the podcast and got the lessons learned from a lot of people I, I I can see that's a natural you know flow of it but tell me what that process was
1: yeah so that's that is how it went down we started doing inbound in 2013 for about a year and a half, we kept the agency GuavaBox really, um, really rolling. That was basically our—you know—we bootstrapped um, do inbound. And so, rather than raising funding like a, a lot of software, most software companies do, that was largely funded by the by the growth and the the revenue that GuavaBox was generating. Um, but then, then I think as as we realized the potential for do inbound and just how many. It, quite, quite frankly, those conversations were just really enjoyable talking with other agency owners where, who were going through the same same struggle and process that we'd gone through. And we were having so many conversations. Andrew and I had wanted to start a podcast for a while. We were both kind of into podcasts and had been listening for a while and thought they were cool. We wanted to do one. And, uh, and so, that led to us starting Inbound Agency Journey, our podcast, and just saying, hey, we're having these conversations anyways. Let's record them and let's also share them and try and try and help that just try and bring, be kind of a a unified place for, you know, there's a ton of different ways that podcast could have gone. And we just chose more or less, let's showcase like that. We're all on a journey and everybody's learning. We're, we're at different stages and be a central, try and be like one, one central place where people can just hear from other agency owners how are things going? Like what's, what's going well? What's, what's, uh, what are you struggling with? Um, what are the things that you guys do differently? Kind of hone in on their processes and and what they do. And that's been a really cool experience and has been honestly, probably the, uh, the single most effective channel for growth. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the business, which has been really cool.
0: Yeah, that's so. I want to hit on that because a lot of people ask me this question, and I, like I mentioned to you, not a lot of my audience is actual other agencies, unlike right. yours. Um, I have actual businesses, freelancers, and people are like, "Priscilla, how do I market? Tell me what's going on." Yep. You know, so I, I do think um, the podcast is really of interest uh, uh, to uh, to my listeners because they want to hear <laughs> what you know what is it the agencies are struggling with, what you know, how what are the the solutions. So, um, so how, how do they get to the podcast and, and, um, how do they follow your, your blog and some of, be able to learn from other people's pains and mistakes and hopefully not repeat them.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of, it, especially, I think that was one of the, one of the decisions we, con- we consciously made when we were starting the podcast as well was let's, let's do this as a guest style show, an interview style show where we bring on guests, uh, partially, to tap into the agency community and kind of piggyback off of other people's platforms as well. So obviously there's value for the guests. We're highlighting their story. There have been, there are a lot of cool stories of uh, folks getting hired or new business, um, getting connected, agency partnerships that have come about through the podcast. Um, But part of that was, Hey, you bring on some of the leaders in the agency space. They want to share that story out and then their audience uh, agencies and non agencies find the podcast, um, which which people can find it. if you just go to do inbound com slash podcast, people can get to um, to the podcast. And then find we now have branched into some other podcasts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that was a big part of getting it out early on, and uh, and we're kind of spread pretty quickly. We had some uh, folks in the community, HubSpot promoted it out a little bit. Um, that kind of led to um, to some of the growth in the podcast. And I think That's the awesome. the big benefit. It's not necessarily – I feel like with GuavaBox, so I talked about some of the numbers in terms of blogging and content produ- production and what that did for us in terms of traffic and leads. It's not like the podcast blew right up to 15,000 downloads an episode or anything. It, unlike GuavaBox, which um, was – there's quality there, but there was also a lot of quantity. Unlike the GuavaBox approach, which was really built around blogging content, uh, or I guess blogging as the medium for content. With the podcast, it's been much lower quantity and much higher quality. So instead of having that didn't instantly lead into, well, here's fifty demos a week now for mm-hmm. for us to for us to pitch a software. But it led into a ton of those conversations on demos, on uh conversations with agency owners, whatever however it was structured, those conversations would then happen And the agency owner on the other hand would be like, oh, I feel like, hey, it's, it's great. I feel like I already know you because I've listened to you on the podcast for however many episodes. Um, Sorry I know a little bit of your background story and, you know, talking during the spring and be like, how's the baseball season going? I'm like, wait a second. <laughs>
0: wait a minute. How do this I, I really creepy.
1: How I totally experienced this feeling. Someone, oh, yeah. Someone I mentioned tells
0: that me on the podcast. Yeah. They, re, re, they tell me, you know, regurgitate yeah. something that's this bizarre that I don't even remember sharing about my life. And they're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm kind of creeped out. <laughs> <laughs> but so I've just what I did there for my audience was I just pulled the curtain back a little bit to, to help them see how you were thinking. How does a podcast appearance or how does a podcast as a platform really fit into a marketing strategy? So it's been a big, big strategic step for you guys to connect you, you're like you're saying, with a smaller audience, but the right audience. And what is content and inbound marketing all about, but connecting you with the right audience, you know, and not not, you know, doing this shotgun approach that has been traditional marketing. So well, I want to I, I want to wrap this up, but I don't want to leave people without some of the real lessons learned. I know that Andy spoke at, um, uh at uh inbound 2016, I think it was, and yep. shared some of the really cool like, hey, let me glean this for you. You could listen to all our podcasts or I could just sum it up for you and say, look, these are the things we hear agencies are hurting about, and let me tell you some of the interesting solutions. So that's that's really cool. And, and I, I mean that's an insane you know, inbound experiences in Boston is, you know, just nutsville. So yep. that's really cool that that you guys have um had a, a space there to be able to tell your story. But You know, you talk about your software really leveraging um, actual processes to scale the marketing efforts. And I love the way you guys couch it all the time is it's not just to do the marketing, it's for growth. So Mm -hmm. we're going to leverage whatever we can do for growth. So tell me, you know, a couple of those really great lessons that you that, you know, you're like, look, this is this is the core of it. This is what agencies need to learn. This is what businesses need to understand.
1: Yeah. I think the first thing that, I mean, what most people do is you go out, you sell a client on whatever services you they basically tell you they need, and you kind of merge that into what you want to sell, and and there's some compromise made there, and then you go and figure out how to deliver that, or you already have some idea, but the reality is that most agencies don't have a standardized process for how things get done. In the early days, it is relatively standardized because you have the same exact people. It's you or you and two other people who are doing it. And you you tend to do things the same way. To scale anything, that's the point where processes become really important. And I mean, one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they don't start documenting those processes early enough. And you get into the, um, you kind of get stuck in this cycle where all of a sudden you have too much work to do that you can't even hire somebody and onboard them properly so they either get rushed through it or you just continue to do it. And so many agency owners burn out because they do it wrong. And that's not that's that happens in the agency space, but it's not exclusive to the agency space. That's small business in general right. where that happens that's a all the time. Great,
0: that's a great lesson learned right there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah.
1: But I think I think that I mean the the biggest thing for agencies to do is to figure out what services you, you can't if you want to have a standardized process and you want to do things really well, you can't be delivering every service under the sun with a small team. Um, so start small, focus in on what services you are going to provide and be really good at document those out, um, get those into a system that's that's going to grow with you and allow your team to grow. Um, and then just constantly focus on kind of how are we delivering those? Are we delivering the right ones? There's going to be expansion, there's going to be uh, some that you realize hey this isn't this isn't the service that we need to deliver anymore. There's always going to be some movement there. So it's not a it's not a one and done um type of place but i think it's really important to to invest in systematizing how we do it and uh and then keeping the team kind of up to speed on that having that centralized and and that's honestly you hear any any top agency anywhere and they're at some point process you're going to quickly realize uh under the curtain there's a lot of process that that powers this Um, And that's what, that's what we've learned as well, especially working with agencies and seeing some of the growth stories and honestly do inbound. We've kind of gone back and forth. There's a lot of agencies who aren't doing inbound. There's a lot of companies who aren't agencies who are using the software now. So it's not exclusive to the agency space. That's kind of where, where it started out. Um,
0: well, that's a great but point, point for my right audience on, so. is that if, if people have an internal marketing department and they are actually doing their content, doing their inbound themselves, that's the software that would really be, uh, you know, uh, uh res- that, That's a, that's an offering that would resonate with them, I think. Um, yeah, for a look sure. at how do I manage? How do I manage the system then? Um, well, I really love that. I, I can't agree, you know, more with you about, you know, especially as an agency, I you know creatives tend to fight that. It's like, oh no, we're special right. snowflakes. We're all, we deliver something custom. Every time, you know, yep. um, you know that's fine. Your work can be totally custom, but the process needs to be systematized. And, and I I love what you have to say with that. Well, Gray, it has been awesome. This has been my guest, Gray McKenzie from doinbound.com and guavabox.com. It has been an absolute pleasure hearing from you. And I have to just say on a personal level, thank you so much. I have appreciated do inbound the, um, the agency, uh, the inbound agency journey podcast because it has been for me an outlet, a, a, a sounding board and also just a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a hand up from someone saying, hey, you're not alone. We're all over here struggling. (laughs) And, uh, you know, there's just so many successes we have. It's, you know, but it, but the learning from the times when you go, Oh, wait a minute. That's where I failed. One last thing I think would be really interesting for my, for my audience is this idea you brought out. And I just want to kind of highlight your last the thought you had about sometimes with a in a small business, whether you're an agency or not, sometimes you have to contract in order to expand. Sometimes you have to go back and create the systems that are really going to help you actually scale. And I think that's the message, you know, that, um, that Graham, that um uh, and andrew have learned is, you know, h- how do I help companies come back? Let's let's contract. This year, our word um, our word of the year for our company is polish. And that's like, are you sure? We're not going to move on to another project until this is polished, this system. Like, is this really the best it can be? And so I think that's where we resonate. And I offer that to you, my audience. It's like, what is it that is, you know, is the system that is corroding your success? What is eating away at you every day that needs to be systematized so that you can deliver bespoke you know services to your clients um you know because some of the basics are taken care of so great tell everybody where they can reach you and um and uh, you know what how they can follow you
1: yeah um well number one thanks for letting me come on today and shares sure, sure. always fun to to, to to talk and chat and just walk through a lot of this stuff um, so there's Two places, you already mentioned the the website. Anybody, by the way, who goes to com, we do have, uh, we're very active with live chat on the website. So you'll see a little chat bubble in the bottom right. And if you have any questions, that's one way to, uh, eventually it'll find its way back to me and get my attention. But <laughs> uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. It's just, in most places around the web, I am S. Gray McKenzie. So Gray's actually, it is, everyone asks, is that your real name? It is my real name. It's my middle name. So uh, S for Samuel. So, S-Gray, just like the color, G-R-A-Y, and then Mackenzie, And you can find me at S-Gray McKenzie on Twitter, just about... Just about everywhere online. Yeah. So.
0: We're, we're connected on LinkedIn, I guess. It's yep. just like wherever you wherever it is you're comfortable, let's connect. Right. Google so. me, you'll find me. Yeah, exactly. So. Awesome. Thank Not you. Not too many Gray
1: Mackenzie's, fortunately.
0: No, no. I love it. It's <laughs> just like as long as I spell it right with the AY, I'm okay. Right. Yep. <laughs> so awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. And this has been Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast and uh, the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur. And today we just let you know check your systems and see what you can do in order to fire up. <laughs> (laughs) the engine so happy marketing